Thanks for checking out this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. On Twitter, it's at Jason Davis Voice. This podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. Well, joining me today, socially distanced. Properly, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is the first feet. time um, we're recording an episode of Screen Facts in person in a while. It's been way too long, and I have to say, I'm nervous being in your new digs here. It's in very your cool. Brand new studio. I'm psyched. Well, joining me is Eric Wright. Oh yeah, hi, hi, Jason. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you here. It's great to do an episode with you. Yeah. We're going to talk about a very funny movie from the 90s, a movie that I hadn't seen in a while. Yeah. And I forgot how funny it is, and I forgot how much airplane-style humor was in it, like sight gags and stuff. Right, yeah, definitely. It's I hadn't seen it in a very, very long time either, and it's just basically there's a guy at work who... Austin Powers is like one of his uh, like alter egos at work. Oh, that's funny. And yeah, so just like during the day at work, we'll be like, do I make you horny, baby? And just yeah, baby. Stuff. We'll just be doing that. And I was like, and he said, why don't you do an Austin Powers podcast? So then yeah. I asked you and you were totally into oh, it. Totally. Yeah. So Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. So we're going to mainly talk about the first movie. Yes. Um, I've seen all three. I'm okay. assuming you have yes, as well. Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the third one that much because I've seen that one the least, Goldmember. Right. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me was the sequel to this. Right. Uh, that, of course, introduced Fat Bastard and Mini Me. Yes. Released May 2nd, 1997. 23 years ago, dude. That's crazy. 23 friggin' years ago. It holds up, too. Well, and it holds up I, for a lot of things. First of all, you know, he's a 60s throwback. Right. And, you know, the late 60s is just something that I think we're, people are always going to look back on as a time that, of course, there was political upheaval, there was the Vietnam War and all this, right. but it was also an experimental time people breaking away from the you know the 50s kind of bondage and mm -hmm. so it has a lot of that kind of innocence in a way although I don't know if you can say late 60s were innocent but he I mean, brings it, that. it depends you know what your perspective is you know yeah. for some people yeah it was all about free love man and peace right. and drugs and all that kind of stuff well and for him it definitely was right <laughs> and it, but of course his you know the character of Austin Powers is a huge caricature too it's mm -hmm. you know it goes yeah. kind of overboard with some of the stuff, but it, yeah, it is. But you could definitely see where he's pulled some of the physical looks. And oh yeah, like that whole mod look. That. Yeah, oh, that yeah, was one the of the things. Look, even his glasses. Yeah, that was one of the things that when we were watching the movie, oh, they really did a great job of capturing the style of yeah. late '60s, you know, in London and stuff. Yeah, which I thought was very cool. How much did it cost to make this movie? So the budget for the movie was estimated at uh, sixteen point five million. Wow, that's it. Uh, it grossed fifty three point nine million in the U.S. and sixty seven point seven million worldwide. So okay. it wasn't a, a giant hit. The second movie, I think, actually right. did better business because I think people weren't sure what to make of this at first. Mm -hmm. Well, in Myers, you know, he was already he had already left Saturday Night Live, right? And, and he, he had already done two Wayne's World movies, too, at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, I was looking forward to more stuff from him. Right. He created this whole Austin Powers character, mm -hmm. basically for this band, Ming-T. Who performed during the credits. Right, right. But yeah. apparently they actually did some dates. Oh, did they really? I didn't played, realize it. Yeah, and played as an actual band because 
um, like the lead singer from the Bangles. Right. You know, she's in it. And right. she's adorable. Susanna Hoffs, and she's married to the director, Jay Roach. Which is crazy. He did all three, I think. Yeah, I, I think, think so, yeah. How he got the character, I read a bunch of different things, and different people will say different stuff. Mm-hmm. He was in the car with his wife, and Burt Bacharach was on. Okay. Actually, he's in the movie. Right. Um, he has a cameo. Right, which was very cool. And he was synonymous with the 60s. For oh, sure. yeah. Late and 60s, early 70s. I mean, he wrote for so many big artists back then, Dionne right. Warwick. And, and it was all like love songs yeah. type stuff. So, yeah. so he's listening to that, and he starts talking to his wife about, oh, I wonder you know, what he was like back in the late 60s. I wonder if he was a swinger. Then apparently he turns to his wife, and he's like, do I make you horny? baby yeah and he starts going yeah and she said pull the car over start writing this down yeah so you can recreate it three weeks later he had the script that's awesome for the movie and that's how creativity works sometimes you know yeah you hear all kinds of stories like that with songwriters too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where they're driving along and something just pops in their head or they're in the shower and something and they and they have to like immediately write stuff down Mm -hmm. so they don't forget the great thing about Mike Myers is that he's a chameleon. I mean, yeah, yeah. Wayne Campbell, all the different characters that he played on Saturday Night Live. Sure. Middle aged man. Sprockets. Oh my God, that's right. Um, Dieter and Sprockets. Yeah. Lieber's um, mein Auschwinky. Or whatever um, the hell he Simon said. was another one. Uh, Simon. And, and they say right. like, With the like, twins read, and berries. I don't know if you saw when Mike Myers was hosting. Uh, the revamped Gong Show not too long ago. Yes, as a character. Like, oh, he wasn't himself. He was playing a character. He was brilliant. Kathy was like, yeah. "That's not him." I said, "Of course it's him. Yeah. Listen to him. Yeah, Look totally. at the way he moves. Yeah. It's totally him." Yeah. So that was cool. So he, you know, he creates these characters and he fully commits. Even the way Austin Powers looks is great. Right. The glasses, the hair, the oh, teeth. Oh yeah, the teeth. Well, that's the, it. The I wardrobe. guess that's England. You yeah, know, I mean, back, back then, yeah. But, yeah, and all those different influences. You know, he, uh, he was saying that after his dad died in 1991, he was, like, taking stock of all the influences that mm-hmm. had been on him. And he said it was basically his dad. They would watch James Bond and Peter Sellers, listen to the Beatles and mm-hmm. the, the goodies, which I don't know if people have even heard, but the goodies was another, like, Monty Python-ish mm-hmm. type group, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. So... Obviously, you see those influences. Um, he also brought up Harry Palmer in uh, the Imchris file was a, a movie played by Michael Caine back yeah. in 1965. Okay, and I looked and it he up. had the glasses. It was the exact same glasses, yeah. and he kind of had that nerdy look. Yeah, but he kicked ass. Right. Plus, you know, the clothes. It was that time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah he just, just grabbed onto all that. I just love how he's like this uh, sex symbol. Mm-hmm. And he looks like such a dork. And oh, right. I think it's his attitude. And actually, later on in yeah. other movies, we find out it's his mojo. His mojo. It's really his mojo. And, uh, but Michael Caine said at first he did not like the whole Austin Powers thing, mainly because of the teeth. He's like, you know, here, he's mimicking me, but then he goes with these gross teeth. I don't know that he was trying to recreate Michael Caine yeah, or, or that was. character. Yeah. And maybe, maybe he did the teeth so there wouldn't be confusion. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Oh, definitely. But it's just funny that because then Michael Caine came around later in the series and yeah. became his dad. That's right. That's played right. his dad, which yeah. is friggin' funny. Yeah. The cast is great. Mike Myers, Elizabeth Hurley, Michael York. Oh, Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mimi Rogers. Um, Robert Wagner and Seth Green. Mm-hmm. Um, all great. We're going to sort of talk a little bit about the sequels, even though we didn't watch them 
to prepare for the podcast. In the sequel, Rob Lowe plays a younger version of the Robert Wagner character. Right. He does a spot-on impression. It's amazing. Yeah, I read that. So good that you think that his voice is dubbed. Right, That's yeah. how good it is. And it's not. Yeah. Um, well, you talk about, so the casting. Dr. Evil mm-hmm. actually was going to go to Jim Carrey. Yeah, he wanted Jim Carrey to be Dr. Evil. But he was in the middle of Liar Liar. Right. So he didn't have a chance to do it. I think it's kind of interesting. I, I feel like him playing both of the roles is actually kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, in the sequels, he plays Fat Bastard. He plays uh, Gold, Gold Member. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually think it's kind of cool that, again, celebrating his uh, chameleon ways. Yeah. How he can, you know, with some makeup, creates all these other characters yeah. and stuff. I mean, I'm sure if Jim Carrey had played the character... It would have been great. It would have been awesome, and we'd be like, oh. Yeah. But, you know Because I love Jim Carrey, too. Yeah, but nothing is lost by, you know, Mike playing right. both characters. Absolutely. Not and at all. The other cool thing about these movies, improvisation. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers said that um, he estimated about 30 to 40% of the movie was improvised. <laughs> One of the big things was the, the, the shushing scene. Shush. Yeah. It's no hat because he's like uh, Scott Evil's like, <laughs> you know, right. I'll just get a gun, bam, bam, you know, and we'll kill him. Well, because yeah, it's, no it's like, shh, but shh, but I'm shh. All, all I'm saying, saying who's gonna shh. Shh. <laughs> because and that's the be- that's one of the beautiful parts about the whole Austin Powers movies is that they just totally spoof on every like genre of, you know, spy movie was out yeah. there, you know? Yeah, just like there's a lot of James Bond stuff for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because Daniel Craig mm-hmm. gave some shit because he's like, the earlier James Bonds had some of that... That campiness. Yeah, a little campiness. Yeah. But once Austin Powers came and kind of just blew all that... Yeah, you know, and it just was so ex- over the top. He said that that's why his version of James Bond is so dark. Right. Because, you know, you're not going to compete with Austin Powers in terms of campiness. Yeah. He, he's quoted as saying... This is Daniel Craig. We had to destroy the myth right. because Mike Myers fucked us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dr. Evil's son. Scott Evil, yeah. Scott Evil, Colin Quinn. Yeah. Maybe was going to play Which that. is very interesting. I'm having a hard time seeing that because Seth Green is so fucking good. Right. And, you know, as that sort of angsty, mm-hmm. uh, younger version. Right, because Colin is several years older. Oh, quite a few, yeah. So he would have... Colin then, Quinn might be older than than Mike Myers in real life, actually. Maybe in the original script, the Scott Evil character was going to be older. Right. Because assuming, Which he could be. It could be. Because the story behind Scott Evil in the movie is mm-hmm. that they used Dr. Evil's frozen sperm to create him. Right. And, you know... <laughs> I forget that chick's name, that character's oh, name. Oh, uh, uh, Frau Corvissina. <laughs> She's great, too. Scott! <laughs> Yeah, so they, in the movie, obviously, they created him a little bit after Dr. Evil was frozen. Right. Where if Colin Quinn was playing the role, it could have been right after he was frozen. Yeah, because it was roughly 30 years. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they went with Seth because yeah. Yeah, oh, he's great. it made sense for it to be a teenager mm-hmm. because that's a perfect age for like... Or 20-something or whatever. Yeah, for the to father to come back and he's right. like, you, what, you expect a hug? You leave me? And yeah, it's like, yeah. well, I never, he never even knew he existed, right. you know. Come give your dad a hug. <laughs> Don't look at me like I'm freaking Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> Get away from me, you lazy-eyed freak. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. (sighs) Wonderful. Was she a model before acting? Yeah. She must have been, right? Yeah, yeah. She was a model. Um, This was actually like her first leading role. Okay. If you really watch, you'll see that Vanessa doesn't really make eye contact 
with Austin very much. Because she breaks, she probably she, breaks Right, yeah. she break down. Yeah. And one of the things she talks about is that she's also like a very tactile person. You know, she's a very touchy-feely person. Okay. And Mike's not. Oh, that's so, interesting. So while they were filming, she was always, you know, touching and all that. Right. And, um, and even now, when they get together, she'll like just overly, you know, stroke his hair and that's all that so stuff funny. just to get him uncomfortable. <laughs> And I'm thinking, Mike, what the hell's wrong with you? Well, I mean, everybody's different, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You would think uh, it'd be real easy to receive any kind of physical contact or affection from somebody like Elizabeth Hurley. But if Mike Myers is sort of reserved and maybe a little shy, mm-hmm. maybe he's intimidated. Yeah. She's obviously a beautiful woman. Right. You know, I mean, that's not a matter of opinion. I think you could survey 100 people and, you know, 99 of them would say <laughs> Elizabeth Hurley. Say, yeah, she's no dog anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, also casting Mr. Bigglesworth. Yes, his real name was Ted Nude Gent. <laughs> Apparently, the popularity of the Sphinx cat like right. skyrocketed after the movie came out. Yeah, it's kind of like in Men in Black Two, I think it was when they mm-hmm. introduced the talking pug. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So pugs. everybody wanted a pug after that. Mm-hmm. You know. So oh, yeah. yeah. I can't imagine wanting a hairless cat. It's so they're ugly. It's so odd looking. Yeah. You know, but. Whatever. I guess they're so ugly they're cute, maybe. No. No? No. No. But Dr. Evil's look is based on a Bond villain. Yes. Blofeld from You Only Live Twice. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because Donald Pleasance played the character in the James Bond movie. And then he ended up being in the Halloween movies as the guy who's going after the lead character of Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Oh my gosh. Look how that came around. (laughs) (laughs) That's nuts. So that's kind of a weird coincidence. But it's funny because the cat he had was also a white furry cat, which is, you know, Dr. Evil's cat was originally white and furry. Right, but then, of course, with the the freezing process. The freezing, they didn't know how it was. But that's a a great joke, though. Yeah. Will Ferrell as uh, Mustafa. Mustafa. His first movie. Was it really? That's what I read. Oh, okay. You know, well, it makes I mean, sense. If it's wrong, it's wrong. You know, it's funny because he's been around for so long between SNL and then all the movies that he's made since... Mm-hmm. That you forget that this is ninety seven. Right. Yeah, he was he might have still been on SNL at that point. Maybe. I think he so, was. So yeah, that makes sense that it was his first movie. But he's gone on to so many funny things. Right. But that scene when when he you know, he dumps him out of the chair into the fire pit. <laughs> and he's like, uh um, burned really I'm, badly. It, it I'm in an awful lot of pain. <laughs> Could somebody please help me? And like some of that and that it, like that scene then. You know, Doctor Evil gets on the phone. Right. And he's you know making a call, whatever. I like how there's those slow things that happen. Right. You know, like when like they're jokes that that are played out for a while. Right. Yeah. And it's like, uh, is this still funny? If silence is done right, right. Like there's just one dopey little scene where he's in his evil chair. Right. And it starts like drifting away, <laughs> and then someone needs to help him. Right. Just put his chair back to the table. Right. I mean, that was like a thirty seconds of just. Right. A rogue chair, but it's hilarious. Sometimes that happens where where something maybe isn't that funny, but then if you do it long enough, it becomes funny. Yeah, right, yeah. That happens sometimes in and movies then, and TV shows and stuff. And a similar thing like when they're doing the evil laugh. Right. <laughs> There's like all five of them and they just keep laughing. Like, oh. <laughs> and then finally. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about like one of the other um, henchmen. Okay. Uh, random task. <laughs> the Asian guy with the hat. Can we say that's a callback to Kato at all? And Peter Sellers and the Pink Panther? Wasn't there a similar character in one of the James Bond movies yeah. that threw his hat? 
Right, yes. Instead of the shoe? Instead of the shoe, right. Yeah, so the actor who plays Random Task, Joe's son is his name, Mm -hmm. he's actually serving life in prison. (gasps) No. This is really dark. And it was hard for me to watch the movie knowing this information. I didn't know this until I I did the research for the podcast. Yeah. So apparently, um, he started serving life in prison for the torture of a 19-year-old woman in 1990. Oh, no. He wasn't captured until 2008. They caught him with a DNA match. Oh, okay. So according to the victim, she unknowingly had a copy of this movie in her home. (laughs) Oh, God. Until he was captured. In 2017, he was sentenced to an additional 27 years for murdering his cellmate. No way. So this guy was a bad... He is a badass. Yeah, he was a bad dude. Oh, my God. So you're watching the movie, and it's kind of, you know, it's done for laughs. He cracks his neck. He throws the shoe. And it's it's all over the top silliness. (laughs) And thank God he's in jail now. He's no longer a threat to society. But holy shit. When I read that, I was like, good God. Wow, good good casting on that one. Who knew, right? I love that the uh, AOL product placement in the movie, oh, yeah. which is so dated now. Right. AOL was huge it at was this it. time. Yeah. So huge that Jay Roach put them in the movie, mm-hmm. the product placement, so he would get a year of service for free. He was just hoping, or did he no, actually that's, get it? Apparently, that was the deal he worked out. Good for him. When the movie first came out, mm-hmm. how it was received, because a lot of times we talk about, you know, like a movie was not well received, but then it kind of found you know, a following later on. You and I and and other people and I who have done the podcast have talked about so many movies that have gone on to become sort of cult classics or or had a a huge run Mm -hmm. after the theatrical release. A lot of times movies, for whatever reason, just don't land when when they're in the theaters. Right, right. And then people find them on video or on cable and they become these huge successes. And this is another one of those movies. Yeah. Well, this one actually... Promotionally, it did you know fairly well as far as um, it made money. As yeah, we talked it made about some before. money. And when, it's funny when they when Mike Myers was promoting it, you know he had the band, you know Ming T, and mm-hmm. they actually did. I never saw this. I got to find this. They did like an hour special, television special. Oh wow! Um, and it was called in the, the U.S. or it was definitely in Britain. I don't okay. know if it was in the U.S. I got to find it. I'm sure. I'm sure you can Google it and find yeah. it. I mean, I know that the there's a joke in the movie mm-hmm. about, you know, where, ta- where Dr. Evil's talking about a, a, a plan to, you know, make it look like Prince Charles cheated on Princess Diana. They so put the movie out. The movie comes out right after she's murdered. Like or, five or right days. after she dies. Yeah, five or, days. I'm assuming she was murdered. There's a lot of theories that yeah. that wasn't an accident, that, yeah. like, they were going after her for some reason. So they were going to have that movie out five days after her death. Yeah, they actually cut that scene right. when it was released in in, uh, in the England. UK. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know seeing that because in that scene there's a few things that right. Doctor Evil brings up, right. and each one has already happened. Right, and, he's like, you know, you know, I've been frozen for thirty freaking years. <laughs> It'd be nice if somebody would bring me up to speed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the boss. I need the info. <laughs> like, throw me a freaking bone. bone. I love that his voice, by the mm-hmm. way, is based on Lorne Michaels from Saturday Night Live. That's what Dana Carvey said. Oh, it totally is. Have you is ever heard, it? Yeah. If you've ever seen Lorne Michaels? A little bit. I mean, bit. it's an exaggerated version of him. Of course, yeah. Supposedly, Dana Carvey was pissed at Mike Myers for years. Oh, really? For stealing the impression. No kidding. That's what I read, yeah. Wow. But, I mean, everybody that, that's ever been on Saturday Night Live does an impression of Lauren Michaels. Right, right. Even the women, which is hilarious. <laughs> but supposedly, he, yeah, I mean, and I've seen him in interviews and stuff. Dr. Evil is a very much exaggerated version of that. Okay. 
But yes, he definitely he talks does. with a little bit of like that. And, you know, when Crazy. we had Mike Myers and Dana Carvey on Saturday Night Live, they were great <laughs> together. You know, like, it's totally, you know. Oh, all right. Yeah, so it's, it's very funny. Okay. One of his lines where he talks about danger is his middle yeah. name. When he's uh, thought out right. and they're giving him all of his personal effects. That's right. Which, by the way, is a total nod to um, Blues Brothers, I think. When Jake uh, is released from prison and, and, you know, uh, Frank Oz is giving him all his stuff. One condom (laughs) used. Yeah, soiled. (laughs) One condom, new. (laughs) One soiled. (laughs) But um, in this, you know, with the penis pump and all that. Right, um, yeah. Well, it's funny, with the whole thawing out thing, um, this was almost an R-rated movie. According to the director, you know, he was saying that it was almost an R mainly because near the end of the movie with the whole fruit thing covering their private parts right doing that a whole bit it was that but also the way she eats the sausage that but you notice that stayed in right they said the bottom line was there was too much of mike's crack when he was being thawed out oh that's so that's why he's in a total profile when he's being thawed out okay I'm so numb to all that kind of stuff. Like none of that mm-hmm. stuff bothers me. It's just there. I don't like it. I'm not offended by that. I'm not offended right. by anything in a movie, really, because yeah. it's a movie. If it, you know, especially if it's done for laughs. You know, the scene say where he's with a lot of vagina, a lot of vagina, yeah. <laughs> and they go and um, you know she does the little strip thing right. behind the with the the shadow and stuff, right, the which is great because the silhouette, you know, that comes later on right. when uh, you know he's in the tent with. Um, That's in the second Shagwell. movie, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, Felic- Felicity Shagwell. Yeah, <sighs> and she's Heather Graham. Yeah. Heather Graham. Oh my God. Yeah. So you so seeing that <laughs> shadow with you know this beautiful woman. Yeah, they don't profile. have ugly women in these movies. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> And it's just uh, Beyonce is in he's the there one. watching, and he's like, you know, getting all kind of nervous and yeah, yeah, you know, and all excited. See, like we're watching that. And Kathy's like, that's cute, you know, that he's like being all, right, being all kind of goofy and right. horned up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when they're in the hot tub, and you know, she's like, wants to make love, yeah. and so she's you? on top of him, and he's got his foot out, and he's yeah, like yeah, shaking yeah. his foot. Oh, that's a spot. That's a spot. I like when he's like, oh, I'm really relaxed, and then he farts. Oh yeah. And then she's like, how dare you break wind before me? And he's like, oh, I didn't realize it was your turn, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is very charming. Oh, he's he really is. And I would like to be him. That actress, by the way, that plays a lot of vagina, I have yeah. to mention this because I know anybody who's into cheesy 80s movies will, mm-hmm. will remember. Yeah. Uh, there was a movie that Mark Harmon and Kirstie Alley did in 1987 called the Summer School. School, yeah, Summer School. The actress that plays a lot of vagina was the Italian exchange student that the two like uh, horror movie buffs are trying to impress the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah, we're talking about some quotes. I like how Dr. Rotten, baby. Oh, that's horrible. (laughs) I shagged her rotten. When Vanessa says to him, are you into her or something like that? And he's like, oh, she's rancid, baby. (laughs) She's rancid. Well, I like early on when he's thought out, one of the things he says, which obviously really sets the tone for who he is going to be, as long as people are having promiscuous sex with many anonymous partners without protection, while at the same time experimenting with mind-expanding drugs in a consequence-free environment, I'm sound as a pound. Different that's, world, man. But that's that. That's what's what makes the movie great. The fish out of water. The you know, mm-hmm. the man of, in a different time. And then he ends to. up falling for Vanessa, and he changes his ways, and yep. you know, he becomes a one one woman man. Yeah, 
So there you go for him. There's so many great scenes. I love when uh, he puts the guard's head into the uh, the, the tank oh, of the ill-tempered sea bass. Right. <laughs> he doesn't have a head anymore. He's decapitated. Right. Not the time to lose one's head. And then she's like, no. No. That's not the way to get ahead in life. No. <laughs> it's a shame he wasn't more headstrong. Headstrong. Mm-hmm. He'll never be the head of a major corporation. Okay, okay that'll, that'll do. do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't believe Liberace was gay. <laughs> Women loved him. That's right. I didn't see that one coming. Carnies, circus folks, yeah. nomads, you know, small hands, smelled like cabbage. <laughs> I mean, just you can just rattle on and on. Oh, there's so many um, great things. And, you know, the whole Dr. Evil thing, I mean, what he says about his father and his upbringing. Oh, yeah. Was it's really, too much to go into. Yeah, I mean, that was about brilliant. The, uh, the, the shave scrotum. <laughs> it's really quite breathtaking. <laughs> Highly suggest you yeah. try it. It's, it's it's Dr. Evil. I didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called Mr. I love that. <laughs> and then the Lucky Charms guy. Yeah. Who, Patty the, O'Brien. Patty O'Brien. Yeah. He, I yeah. guess he's an assassin. So yeah. He's got the charms that yeah. he leaves when he kills. Which led to that, that goofy scene in the bathroom. Right. With Tom right, Arnold. With Tom Arnold. Just from the very beginning. Like after he's thawed. They're moving them around. They place them in front of a urinal. And, yeah. And, you know, over the loudspeaker, you know, the woman saying, evacuation. evacuation. And he starts to pee. And then he stops. Says, evacuation. And then he pees again. Yeah. And they do that like five, six times. Right. Again, another uh, example of a scene that goes on for a while that is in danger of being, all right, enough already. Right. In danger, but. But. but yeah. Because yeah, it's such a simple. It's, I don't know. It's such a simple thing that's yeah. going on. The sexual innuendo mm-hmm. we talked about, it's basic, it's silly. It's, done, so, it's, it's silly. done with so much goofiness. Right. It's hard to be offended if you're, if you're somebody that doesn't like that, that mm-hmm. type of humor. Right. We all know people like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, she liked it. Oh, okay. No, no but I'm, saying, I'm saying in this movie, it's yes. done in a way that somebody who normally would be put off by that kind of humor. Right. Mm-hmm. Is okay with it. Yeah, I mean, because it's just silly. Like when he's trying to woo Vanessa when they're, you know, on their on first the night. And now I'm thinking the first night in the hotel. Oh, and okay. he's on the, the round bed. That's on and, the jet. That's on his private jet. The jet had a spinning bed? Yeah. That was on the jet? Yeah, it was on his private jet. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. don't, don't you remember he falls, oh, like, oh, turbulence. And he falls oh, down. Oh, turbulence. And, yeah. right. Oh, that's right. I always love British humor mm-hmm. because half the time I don't understand what they're saying. Right. Okay. You're a gigantic Monty Python fan. Right. Huge fan and I still have to look stuff up because right. the things that English people say sounds funny even though you don't know what the hell it means. One of my favorites is when you know he's saying to Vanessa, you know, shall we shag now? We shag later? Yeah. How do you like to do it? Do you like to wash up first? You know, tops and tails, whore's bath. Personally, before I'm on the job, I like to give my undercarriage a bit of a how's your father. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? That's what a makes bit it, of how's your father. But that's what makes it funny. I, yes, I, it, it probably It's probably completely nonsensical. It's probably not even something British people say. Oh, I bet it is something they say. I'm going to well, look it's like it like Bob's up. your uncle is another thing I've heard. But that is something they say. I know. But I'm saying, what does it mean? You know, how is yeah. your father is probably like a Bob's your uncle saying. Right. It probably doesn't mean anything, but it sounds funny. Undercarriage. Yeah, undercarriage. How's your father? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this movie 
I'm glad we, we decided to do a podcast about it because it was fun yeah. watching it again. Because I really, right. I hadn't seen it in a while and mm. I really forgot how funny it was. Yeah. You know? And I forgot some of the, the style of humor that mm -hmm. was in it. Yeah, the humor stayed good for me. It wasn't like Porky's where, right. you know, that was very dated humor and it was definitely geared to like maybe only teenage boys or only yeah. boys of a certain IQ level. Whereas... <laughs> yeah, and the great, the great thing about this movie, too, is that even if you're not a big fan of James Bond, I'm not. Like, I, uh -huh. I've seen, you know, a bunch of the James Bond movies back mm -hmm. in the day. Right. But I haven't seen any of the, the more recent ones. And I'm not a, I would not classify myself as a huge James Bond yeah, fan. Yeah, me neither. But, but you don't have to be to enjoy this movie. No, because you know the things that they're spoofing. Right. You know, the whole thing about going into the tank... The elaborate, the, be right. right? The overly elaborate right. things, so that right. it's like just kill him. Like, but there's well, even like lines in this movie that are direct lifts from James Bond when Austin Powers says to him, "Do you expect them to pay?" No, Mr. Powers, I expect them to die. die. That's like total sure. homage to a James Bond movie. Mm -hmm. It's great. I'd say see it again. I'm yeah, I'm if you haven't seen forward. it in a while, definitely revisit yeah. it because it, it it stands up. It holds up well after all these years, and it's very funny. Yeah. Well, this is fun. This was good. I mean, great having you here for digs. this. Oh, this was fantastic. All right. Well, thanks for it was another episode. My pleasure. I'm so glad we did it. Excellent. The Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet and corporate video, e learning, phone message, and more. If you want to get in touch with us, please email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. You're totally shagadelic.